What's going on? Great to be with you. Welcome to the show, Paul George, Deacon Bear. How's it going? It's going great, man. Is it fair to ask, is this a fair question? Uh-oh. How is your Lent going? I know it's sort of a weird Catholic question. Like, you don't just go around asking anyone that, but like, we're friends. Oh, yeah. I think we're friends, yeah. So is that a fair question? I think it's fair. Or is it like fair. super personal? I don't think so. I don't think so. I've asked strangers that before. Like, I meet somebody, it's during Lent, so how's, how's Lent going? If I have to talk to them for a while, that's like question number seven. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not, a, it's it's a not off the bat. It's a good lead-in question. I mean, it, 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 it's a good even, like, maybe evangelistic question. Like, that's how's true. your Lent going? Like, oh, man, I, was, I hadn't even thought about it. Like, it's Lent? And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's actually Lent. Yeah. No, my Lent's going great, honestly. It's just been a lot of grace. Is it's it crazy. fair for me to say that Lent's not going great? Yeah. Is Lent supposed to be going great? That like that's sort of the paradox. Well, here's what I when I say yes, here's what I mean. I think God has been present in Lent. Kind of like if I went on retreat and I would say, "Man, God just showed up." You know, it's not like I'm doing the retreat awesome. It's like I'm really nailing my retreat. It's it's that God is there and he's really been generous. That's been the case for my Lent. It's only a weekend. What if like a good Lent is just doing Lent? It's it's mm-hmm. not necessarily judging if it's going good or bad. You're just doing Lent. It's happening. Lent is happening. And you're happening with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Because sometimes, have you ever been on a retreat like that where like that's kind of how the retreat is? It's not like there's a big God moment, boom, explosion. You just did the retreat. You did mm-hmm. the prayer, and then you went home. But like it was good to do the retreat. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, like there was grace happening, but it might have not gone the way you thought or it was going great or easy. Mm-hmm. Lent shouldn't be easy. I'm not having a great Lent. I'm doing mm-hmm. Lent. Mm-hmm. It's not fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am hungry a lot. You know, like That's I asked you to go to lunch and you're like, I can't today. <laughs> and that really, that was harder on me than it is on you. Well, I, now, to be fair, I didn't say I can't. I said... I can drink water while you while that's, I watch no, you. No, that is the, the this pointless. I'm not going to lunch with you to drink, watch you drink water while I just destroy some fish tacos. It just makes me feel horrible. So you, you ruined my Lent. You made Lent bad for me. Sorry about that. But or maybe I'm not sorry about that. You shouldn't be sorry because okay. Lent should be a little uncomfortable is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. And the fact that you're doing a certain fast and I'm doing a different fast is what I love about Lent. You know, like what God's asking of you and you're choosing to do is different than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Like, because when you ask the question, how's your Lent going? I'm learning something from you or getting something from what God's doing in your life through Lent and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what's cool about being a community is every once in a while, like Lent, we have the opportunity as Catholics to kind of discern something personal to us and converse. Because sometimes we just, like you said, we just do the thing. Like if, if we go to Mass, we all know what our role is. It's the same role. It's not like the people in this pew have a different role than people five pews behind. You right. know what I'm saying? Like we're all, yeah. we're all doing the same things. 
But there is this time of Lent where it's like, okay, you're going to personally discern a 40-day journey, and so am I, and it's not going to be the same, and let's like interact about it and talk about it. It's interesting as Catholics. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, I'm sort of having a weird, weird Lent. Can't really define it, <laughs> but I'm doing it. I'm doing Lent. Well, good for you. You know? So this is the second week, full week. You know, we're approaching the second weekend, second Sunday of Lent, right? Yeah. That's how weird Lent is. We don't know how long it is. It's like the first week isn't the first week. The second week's the first week. Yeah. So you're thrown off. No, I talked to someone this week, and they they are doing Lent. (laughs) And I said, how's it going? And they said, I hate, I just, I'm hating Lent right now. Yeah. And I I thought that that was like a very honest and good statement. Like Lent shouldn't necessarily be comfortable is mm-hmm. it was making them uncomfortable and is like i just want to go back to like being comfortable and not being you know yeah i had a moment like that last night we were sitting on the couch me and marianne and um she said you know i, I just kind of want to watch tv right now mm-hmm. that's one of the things we're not doing during Lent right as a family and uh i was like yeah me too <laughs> it wasn't we were uncomfortable in the moment but right but hang in there, because I mean, there's plenty of weeks to Lent, and I think as you get through those uncomfortable things, it starts to, the joy starts to come. Like, for example, TV, by the time Easter comes, we're like, I don't think we should watch TV again in Easter. The kids get, it's uncomfortable for a few weeks, but then the kids just come alive without TV. Um, anyway. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay, so this is a little change up. Oh. Yep. Um, I have, I have you seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real though? Wow. Now, when you say change up. Well, the change up is that you usually have a have yeah. you seen and you were slacking. Do you know how to throw a change up? You played baseball. 100% can do it in my sleep. So it's that kind of thing. I wish my life was more like baseball. Mm-hmm. That it just came natural. Like that's what I miss most about baseball. How old were you when you threw like a that it real just, change up? It just came natural. Mm-hmm. And I wish the rest of my life <laughs> Well just play baseball. Was like that's what I that's just, what I'm saying. When like, was the last time you actually played like, baseball? Like I wish it was just like everything was just like throwing a change up. When was the last time you played baseball? Oh, forever ago. Let's do it. Let's go hit let's go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it just right. There's some things that come very natural and some things that don't. You gotta work at it. You yeah. gotta work hard at it. Like the Have You Seen. Let's do it. Which is, did you know or have you seen that the United States just landed a vessel on the moon? I didn't see that. You did did not not see that. Robotic lander was the first U.S. vehicle on the moon since Apollo 17 in 1972. Hmm. It's been a while. And you hadn't seen that. I didn't. And I'm usually a nerd. Now, as a robotic lander, I don't... I'm assuming no one was in there, but so this just landed on the moon. This is, you know, NASA landed the vessel on the moon. Mm. I have a lot of questions about this uh, and I don't want to get in this for the show, but like, you know, like a lot of technology goes into this, but, but why since 1972, like what, what's been like the, why have we waited so long? Like what's going on? Like where, you know, and then there's all this sort of conspiracy, like the first people on the moon, you know, mm-hmm. 
Oh, you Neil, want, Neil you, Armstrong and all that, like that never happened. It was just like photos and stuff, and then it was staged to get sort of like the morale of the U.S. up. Did do you buy into that? I don't know because I just don't want to give my mind the ability to just go down rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Like I have enough going on in my life. Yeah, you do to think about whether or not someone actually landed on the moon. Mm-hmm. Right? That makes sense. Starving people in the world, people are dying, wars, you know, hungry you know, money, you know, people, I don't really care, I guess, if Mm -hmm. if we actually did or not. Gotcha. Okay. So we're back on the moon with a robot. Yeah, we're back on the moon, which is, which is kind of cool, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh. I I don't know why. I want to know why we went to the moon. I mean, we have uh, a lot of crisis in our world and country, but Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to send a robot to the moon. Yeah. But is it ever really a good time to go to the moon? You know what I'm saying? Like everything, everything was going great. You know, we're all friends in the world, and we're all the economy's really strong. Should we even then go to the moon? Like what? Well, I think there's times to go to the moon, <laughs> and there's times to not go to the moon. Okay. Yeah. Say like you had a really bad year financially, mm-hmm. which we have as a country and a world, and as a person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're like, we're just not going to do a family vacation this year. Right. We don't have the extra thousands of dollars to go on family vacation. So you think the moon is like a vacation? I think the moon is like a vacation. Okay. Okay. Now, if there were like people on the moon that we needed to save or, Mm -hmm. you know, like data that we just absolutely had to have to like live, Mm -hmm. I would say go to the moon anytime. (laughs) Now, I'm not a moon expert. And I'm sure it's fun to send and do all these things. And all the NASA people who work there are fascinating and brilliant, and they work hard. I think that's all super cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, super cool. But I think we just uncovered today that there's a time to go to the moon, there's a time <laughs> not to go on the moon. <laughs> that's funny. Well, what if it's less of a family vacation and more of a, um, like they're scoping out new places to live? Because that I think that's definitely part of the strategy is they want to build colonies there, um, and you know I don't know if this is a first step towards that, but where things have gotten I don't know. And to that end, I say too, it's the wrong time to go to the moon. Like we have so many spaces here, we need to get right. But I don't know. People are looking to move to the moon, Paul. They just had it with Earth, hmm. which I can understand. This world is not. All it's cracked up to be, it's a valley of tears, like we say in the Hail Holy Queen. But the moon is not better. Well, Jesus went into the desert, okay? Oh, the moon's a big desert. moon's a big desert. And sometimes I think we do need an escape away, right? We need to go to the desert and have some solitude and quiet. It's it's my whole, you know, sort of cabin in the woods. That's like, your thing, yeah. Yeah. And But I think that there's a balance to that because I think, you know, there's times in my life where I can just hide under a rock and not do or be who God wants me to be in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can just go to the moon and stay there, right? Go to the cabin. Jesus went into the desert, but he didn't stay in the desert. So I think we need those opportune times to recharge, renew, learn, grow, fast, heal. This is why we're in Lent, right? It, it's, it's our moon landing, man. Mm. Mm. Like, like we're, it's our moon landing for 40 days. It's uncomfortable. There's, there's not a lot of gravity, <laughs> no oxygen. Yeah. But we're going to make it. We're going to survive. Yeah. Wow. 
You never thought we would far out. We would. (laughs) You never thought we would connect the dots there, or what? No, I mean, I I got to give that to you. We definitely connected those dots. Yeah, and it's interesting because the moon really has an impact on the Earth tremendously, right? So, like, its its role, even though it's something we might visit and come back from, like Lent. Um, Lent's only a part of the year, right? But the reality is it impacts the whole year, just like the moon impacts the earth. And there's certain rhythms to life on earth that depend on a good moon. Mm-hmm. Without a good moon, you don't have tides, you don't have all kind of stuff that the earth needs to function. Without a good Lent, I think uh, the rest of our year doesn't make sense either. Hmm. And those rhythms we should be in all year long don't happen. What about a bad Lent? I think a bad Lent is like a... Is bad Lent like a good Lent? I mean, does bad mm. equal good? Hard, maybe? Okay, hard. Hard could equal good. Well, I do know that like in the late 80s, early 90s, the word bad started to mean good. Like, wow, that's a bad car. Mm. But they didn't mean a bad, like right. terrible car. They meant that's, the car's pretty bad. Because you're like, no, I actually have a bad car. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, Michael Jackson, listen. It's actually a bad car. It's literally <laughs> a bad car. So maybe that's one thing about Lint. Like, bad Lint is a good Lint. It's okay not to like Lint. I know this is going to sound like, don't shoot me. Like, I'm not heretical by saying that. It's okay to not like Lent. Like, you th- you do you think Jesus is like, love the desert? I love doing battle with Satan. I love being tempted by the devil. No. I loved fasting and not having anything to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I bet he did. Like, in his flesh, it. he was like, nah, there's probably something a little bit better than this, right? Yeah. So it's okay to be like, I don't necessarily enjoy or like Lent, mm-hmm. right? Well, I think your your moon analogy actually works here because... Oh, thank you. Let's say we got a, ro- a group of 100 people together to get on a shuttle. Now, I know they only fit like seven, but let's say we got 100 for the sake of numbers to get on the shuttle to go to the moon. At least 95% of those people are not going to like takeoff at all. Me. They're not going to like zero gravity Me. at all. They're not going to like the rations that they're going to have to eat Ooh. at all. But 5% are going to be like, yeah, I live for this stuff, you know? Mm. And that's kind of what Lynn is, too. It's like 5% love doing this stuff, but 95 don't. And for those same reasons, I think. That's true. Yeah. So it's okay. Like, I'm giving everyone permission to not like Lynn. <laughs> everyone or, or you? <laughs> or both? It's okay not to like Lynn. <laughs> But to enter into it, to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Get on the rocket. Yeah. Get on the rocket, and it's okay that you don't enjoy it, but it's like, it's okay that Lent's hard or uncomfortable. You don't like to do it. Now, here's the sort of the conundrum I'm in, is that- Oh, boy. Going to be a little personal? Yeah. That's what we're here for. I feel like God is asking me to rediscover joy for Lent. And those two things seem to like be at odds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I'm wrestling with. Like, mm-hmm. how do you rediscover joy when you're being called to do all this fasting and stuff, right? Yeah. I don't have the answer. Well, the saints do. You know, I mean, like, John of the Cross in particular. Um, so the, the more we disconnect ourselves from desires for creatures, <clears throat> what's left is our desire for God. And he called this the dark path or the dark journey, the dark night of the soul, right? Is mm-hmm. that it's not that we enjoy being 
disconnected from everything we like. In fact, it's it's terrible to call it a purification of the senses. But either through our own efforts, but most importantly from God's action in our soul, the more disconnected we get from desiring creature creatures at all, what's left is our most core desire, which is for God himself. And the joy that comes from that possession of him greatly increases when our desires for creature comforts decrease. And it's not pleasant. But what actually happens, too, is that we begin to enjoy creatures more once we've learned how to enjoy them only because of our love for God. Like, the only reason I love drinking this beer with my friend in Easter is because I'm loving it because I love God. And, like, it's, it's no longer a direct desire to that beer or direct desire to that creature comfort. It's only because God wants me to be drinking this beer that I'm doing it. Anyway, so, I mean, I think, yeah, Paul, you're touching on um, one of those aspects of the spiritual life that seems counterintuitive, but actually the more free we are from creatures, the more we can actually love them appropriately because it's all out of our love for God. And so our joy gets huge, huge joy. Huge, massive huge joy. Okay, <laughs> let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George having a horrible Lent with Deacon <laughs> Adam Conk. A great, a hard Lent. How about that? <laughs> and you just ruined it for me today, man. What you're do like, you mean? You're like, no lunch, man. I'm going to drink water and watch you eat a fish taco. And I'm like, no, I am not. I'm not doing that with you. Oh. It's just not, not happening. <laughs> so anyway, uh, welcome everyone to the show on the podcast or on the radio uh, here in South Louisiana. The weather is beautiful. Spring is here. It I mean, is. life is so good. Can't be that horrible of a lint. The weather's great. Well, I know like my friends in like Duluth, Minnesota. I've traveled up there to give talks and stuff. Like they they're still dealing with snow. I'm mowing my grass. Like I love life right now. Mm-hmm. Like with that, you know? Yeah. It's true. But you know, when it's August and it's a little hot here, they're gonna be enjoying weather in the seventies. You know, so it's like you take what you can. You take what you can. You know. So okay, so like I don't know if you know much about space stuff and space travel. You know, we were talking about it earlier right. in the first segment. Okay, here's sort of a weird thing that goes with it. Okay. Okay. Is that you don't think about this, but all of us here in the studio and listening, every one of us created by God has to use the restroom. Mm-hmm. Like no one is exempt from that. Okay. But astronauts have to practice in a simulator going to the restroom in space, like no gravity. Yeah. So imagine, right? That could be tough. Imagine going to the restroom with no gravity. Mm-hmm. Like that would be 
quite, you know, hysterical, right? Like things, <laughs> everything, you know, yeah. or just drinking anything, food or whatever. They have they have mm-hmm. to practice eating with no gravity. Like they have all the all the things you do in normal life. You have to practice with no gravity. Yeah, I think Eminem said it best when he said, "Uh, oop, there goes gravity." Man, you your cultural references today, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. you know. Eminem. Yeah. Wow. That's me, Mr. Pop Culture. You are that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they have to practice like sealing their bodies on a, on a, you know, toilet so that gravity can take everything. Wow. And if it doesn't seal correctly, so then it doesn't work. Jeez. So you imagine practice that, that would be so fun. Would it be fun? Just practicing it. How how much would you laugh? So I'm trying to have joy for Lent. (laughs) You know how they have this like axe throwing stuff or these oh, yeah. escape rooms. And you think that's on the same level as this? Try what to, if you like had like a no, a no gravity room? Oop, there goes gravity. A no gravity room. Yeah, that'd be tough to pull off, but I and think then you could you, do it. You'd like go through like these simulators that right. that like astronauts Try to just do normal to, things. Yes, with no gravity. Eat your Snickers bar with no gravity. They obviously create these, um, you know, this for the astronauts to practice. These simulators. That's true. So we just get one of those. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure they're cheap. I'm yeah. Sure, they're really cheap. Well, I'm sure, like you know, they're used. They have, there's used ones out there on eBay that you can get. Right. You know, hand me down. <laughs> hand me down. No gravity <laughs> simulators. Okay. Speaking of no gravity, do you have a weird Catholic? Story? What? Yep. What does that have to do with no gravity? You. You. You're so weird. Mr. Pop Culture. Catholics are just the weirdest people on the planet. Get a life! Weird Catholics! Stop! Um, so here's a weird Catholic thing. Uh, it's even weird for Catholics. You know what's weird, weird is having water all day and not having lunch with a friend. Oh, man. I mean, oh, it, man. That, you know that? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> this has really hurt you. Yeah. No, I can deal with the no TV thing. Yeah. But... Just fasting on Fridays, that's all. Yeah. That's all. Um, so this is a weird thing, even weird for Catholics, but the uh, the Ember Days, which is this week as we're recording, it's an Ember Friday. Um, it's an old Catholic tradition that actually fell out of practice uh, in most places, but is starting to come back. So that's why we need to mention it. So what's it called? Ember. E-M-B-E-R. Ember Days, like green. Green and it's an not like a fire, like an like an ember. Oh, I was thinking, yeah, okay, like that, sure. Ember days. Um, which one? Gosh, E M B E R. I don't know which. Yeah. Okay, tell me about the tradition. All right, so you know how there's four seasons of the year: fall, winter, spring, summer. You on board with that? I do know that. Yep. And you've heard of we that. don't have all those here. Right. But an ember, you know, for the most part is like a piece of like burning or glowing coal or wood, usually in a dying fire. It's the little like, it's the little embers that keep burning. So it must be that. So I was thinking like, wait, I don't know why I thought ember was. Anyway. Well. It's, it's okay. You were thinking of timber. In the Old Testament, <laughs> I think that was, in the Old Testament, um, these... Season seasonal changes were greeted by times of penance and preparation. 
um, and you can see this in the book of Zechariah, where there was a, a practice of fasting four times a year prior to the seasonal change. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're kind of like praying because when seasons change, we're a little shielded from that in the way we live our life in America right now. But when seasons change, really important things happen, like the harvest or the planting of seeds or things that like if it doesn't go well, we're in big trouble. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So the practice started where let's fast to, to pray that God allows this season to go really well, whatever mm-hmm. needs to happen. You know, the planting, the harvesting, whatever. Um, and so these ember days started in the Old Testament, and then Christians uh, took it up and kept doing that. So four times a year, there's these ember weeks, which is basically Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of that week. So it's not the whole week. Okay. But there are days of fasting and penance uh, for the upcoming season. Really? Yes. Like when do they do them? Like before Lent? You fast before Lent? Well, it's not liturgical seasons. It's the yearly season. So like right now is an ember week for the upcoming spring. Okay, but is this like a, this is not a liturgical season, but is it a Christian tradition? Yes, it's a Christian season that accompanies, it's basically having the seasons of the year, like the natural world, enter the liturgical calendar. It's like you're, it's like a fusion of the two, right? Um, Hmm. but, uh, yeah, so on Ember days, the Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, you basically treat it like we would treat, um, you know, a day of Lent or Friday of Lent kind of thing. So abstinence from meat, uh, penance, and if you can, fasting. Now, this fell out of use particularly in 1969, but there, there's actually places, it used to be obliged. Like this was a thing you had to do. Wow. Starting sixty nine, you didn't have to anymore in most places, but some places are bringing it back. So that's why we need to. So, like England, why don't you and I bring it back? Okay, you know who who's our. But what's the fasting? What do you do for three days? Is there like a? Well, you do penance, and then if you you can, you fast. Um, it's like a Friday during Lent. Think of it that way. Okay. So, like today is an Ember Friday during Lent. It's like a super, super penitential day, huh. other than Good Friday. Um. Our neighbors to the west brought it back for their diocese. So in the diocese of Lake Charles, believe it or not, they've reinstituted Ember Days. So it's obligatory throughout the diocese. Really? Yes. It's it's coming back, bro. So you, I mean, I can only do so much fasting at once. <laughs> I can't right. do Ember Days. You can't double fast. <laughs> in Lent. Like I'm already... But I love the word Ember. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm loving the word ember days in a sense of like, if it really spiritually means like this, this rekindling, rekindling of the fire. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you ever go camping, right, or have ever been camping or, you know, lit a fire in your fire pit or fireplace, you, when the fire goes out or it's just, you, you know, there's just like this. You can wake up in the morning, there might be one little coal in there that still has a little red on it. Mm-hmm. You could take that little ember and rekindle the whole fire. Well, I guess that's the idea of this Put practice, some leaves yeah. and, and you know blow on it and then restart the fire just with that one coal. Oh, and earlier I said Wednesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday. It's not true. Wednesday, Friday, Saturday are the ember days. But yeah, you're right. That's, I think that's the idea of this practice is you take, you take those little embers of your spiritual life and you reignite them for the upcoming season. So here, here's when they fall. In the, for the spring, 
It's always uh, the week after Ash Wednesday. So like the week we're in now. For the summer, it's the week after Pentecost Sunday. So you have Pentecost. The next week is going to be an, an Ember week. In the fall, it's always the week after September 14th, which is the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. So when that week, that feast happens, the next week is an Ember week. And then in the winter, uh, after December 13th, the Feast of St. Lucy. So the week after that. So the Wednesday, Friday, Saturday of those times, um, you can pray for, you know, successful seasons, spiritually speaking, but also temporally, you know, because, I mean, look, the drought in Acadiana uh, last August is negatively impacting crawfish farmers big time right now, right? So, like, we still rely on seasons going well, you know what I mean? And a bad season is bad. Not just now, we talk about hurricane season around here a lot. We pray for hurricane season. But these ember days are a way to pray for every four seasons. Mm. Isn't that weird? I need ember days just for my life. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I need, wouldn't that be like a, like a retreat? Like, basically, like you go on a retreat usually, and you've talked about this, is that you, like, when you go on your, like, personal silent mm -hmm. retreat, like, your first day or two, like you just sleep. Yes. Like you're just exhausted. No regrets. You're just like, Lord, like let me let my body rest before I like enter into like any type of prayer and discernment, right? Yeah. Which is awesome because it's like, yeah, like, you know, I feel like like ember days, like this whole image is like, you know, a Lent or going on a retreat. It's like, Lord, like I all I have left right now is this small little coal that's barely barely alive mm -hmm. and I need you to breathe life into it and throw some sticks and leaves and some wood on it and build a bigger fire in my heart in my life dude make make an ember retreat four times a year wouldn't that be killer ember retreat Wednesday dude. to Saturday you, you could do that Wednesday to Saturday you got that mm. let's do it Paul Let's organize an ember retreat in the summer after Pentecost. Not timber. No, not timber. That would be fun too, a timber retreat. Ember. Well, and to give you an idea of um I mean, speaking of ember, dude, like it's how funny is you know, this week we celebrate Saint Polycarp. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody knows about Saint Polycarp, and you've probably heard it's one of the weirdest names ever. Yeah. But Saint Polycarp is like one of the original OG saints. He's an OG. Saint, okay. Saint John the Apostle's disciple. Saint John the Apostle. Think about that. Disciple. Born in sixty nine. That's early. Died in 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 one fifty. So he wrote that song back in the summer of sixty nine. He did. I'm and continuing the pop references. You here. are the pop culture king. So Polycarp wrote that song. Yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of Ember, Polycarp in like his eighties, you know, they drug him. Uh, Eighty six. He was. Uh, led into the crowded Smyrna Stadium to be burned alive. Mm. Mm. At 86. Speaking of Ember. Jeez. Right? The flames did not harm him, and he was finally, they finally had to kill him with a dagger because the flames would not destroy his body. Wow. Yeah. So he had, he was Ember proof. <laughs> he, he was fireproof for sure, but, um, you know, how crazy is that? Like he was, he was one of the f first martyrs, like early, you know, right, right, right. martyrs in the church, became a saint, 
Um, you know, oddly enough, he's patron saint of relief of, of earaches, but I don't know how that has to do with the way he died. Me neither. I'm sure there's a way to connect it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, those early church martyrs, man, I'll tell you what. Well, and he was ember-proof to those flames because he went through the flames of penance and fasting and prayer. He did Lent. What's what funny is that they, like, they, didn't, they didn't kill him until he was old. Like he survived yeah. a long time, you know? Um, well, and honestly, if you could go the way of Polycarp, wouldn't you? Like, let me live a nice full life, Lord. And then peace out. And then out. martyr me so that I could be, have a martyr's crown the rest of my life. At 86. Uh, he was a, a disciple of John the Apostle and a friend of St. Ignatius of Antioch. I mean, how about that? It's pretty neat. You know? It's pretty neat. I mean, I'm going to, like, when I die, they'll be like, yeah, he was friends with, um, hmm, <laughs> Adam Conk. <laughs> And, uh, you know what I'm saying? We need to get you a holy friend, man. I mean, I got some work to do. Yeah. You know? Find you a polycarp or an Ignatius. Yeah, being burned alive. But, you know, so this, I guess, you know, the cool thing about these Ember Days is this is exactly what, like, have you ever been burned by fire? Like, it hurts. Recently, yes. I spilt hot boiling grease on my foot that's horrible and i'm still recovering wow so yes i have felt that yeah so you know don't play with fire i mean we, yeah. we've all hurt but like we need fire like for warmth for light ember you know if we in in lint we're, we're literally are this just small ember and and lint is about the lord you know rebuilding these flames and this fire in our life and I think it it's fair to say in our in our life is like what area of my life is is dead that doesn't have fire that I need God to breathe a new just take an ember and just start a new flame and fire in this area of my life mm-hmm. instead of approaching it just broadly maybe be more specific in your prayer with God. God, what what are you trying to detach me from or help me grow in or you know move into my life like what where do you want to like breathe life and blow on that ember so that it it glows and and it it builds a a, a very large flame large flame yes that warms your heart yeah. with joy and it warms you know all the people around you well there's several ember prayers uh that have been used traditionally one of them speaks to what you're saying it's a short and sweet prayer but it's in that is exactly that. Um, ember me. Ember me, Jesus. Sh- ember me, Jesus. <clears throat> um, grant, we beseech the Almighty God, that as year by year we devoutly keep these holy observances, the mm. ember days, may we be pleasing to thee, both in body and soul. Now, that's a short and sweet prayer. May we be pleasing to thee. That's what you're talking about, is the 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 rekindling of... Because God is pleased when we're fully alive like he's fully alive. Mm. He's he created us to be alive with him forever. That's what pleases him. It's not he's not pleased because we take care of his laundry or clean his dishes. Like God didn't create us because he needed us to do stuff for him. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's not what he, he's not looking for help. He's looking he's created us to live a life fully alive with him forever. And so when we are fully aflame, I mean the Lord said this. 
I wish the world was ablaze. I came to set fire to the world, and I wish it was already blazing. That, right. That's what pleases the Lord, the fires, mm. his fire all over the world. And so this idea that we would let, through our observances of, of penance and fasting, and our purpose is to be set on fire, to put to death that which won't set, like not everything sets on fire, Paul. I don't know if you know that. Heck, even wet wood is hard to set on fire. You ever dealt with that? Yeah, I mean, that could be me, the slant. Like, I'm wet wood, and I'm, exactly. I got to dry out. But how do you set wet wood on fire? Have you succeeded? You got to let it dry first. It takes Not a long necessarily. time. Really? Yeah. What do you do? You need a really, really hot fire to throw that wet wood in. Oh, yes. I thought you meant start <laughs> no, a fire. No, no, no. That's the thing. You can't start a fire with wet wood. With wet wood. You can't start a fire with wet wood. That's right. So, like you were saying, there's some places where the, the embers are even gone in our life. Like, it's just wet wood. Yeah. But the fire of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the fire of God's love is so hot, so blazing, so great, that if we're tossed right into it, it's painful because that water has to come out of the wood. And you hear that. When you throw wet wood into a hot fire, you hear the water evaporate. Like, the water is boiling in it. Mm. You know, that hiss it makes? Yeah. Um, that's what... Uh, it hurts. Yeah. But you throw it right in there, Paul, and guess what? It catches fire. It does. How about that? Yeah. You know, this Sunday, like the gospel reading, uh, it's one of those crazy, unique gospel readings that's that sort of brings a lot of imagery and hard to imagine. It kind of ties into this. Is, uh, it's the transfiguration this Sunday, right? And, uh, I mean, Jesus is on fire. I mean, it's, you know, he's, it says that uh, he was transfigured before them and his clothes became dazzling white. Um, so as no fuller on earth could bleach them. I mean, it was just this glow, right? Mm. Uh, and Elijah and Moses appeared uh, with them, um, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, he was just glowing, like his his divinity, like he, he, who he fully was, like, the disciples that were up there with him, um, you know, Peter, James, and John just were like, wow, you know? Yeah. They got to experience the full fire that you're talking about. Exactly. His, of his total divinity. And that's why it's so important to Lent, because we get it the second Sunday of Lent every year. Like that, gathering around the campfire of Jesus's majesty so that we can all be touched by it, we can all be thrown into that fire like Peter and James and, and John, like they got to experience it and they were thrown into it and the wet wood of their hearts really started, you know, being set on fire for him. This right. is good that we're here. Um, that's essential to the Lenten Jersey journey. So it's interesting, like it's the desert, sure, but it's also the transfiguration for Lent because we go to the desert seeking the fire of the transfiguration, seeking this God who can transform transform our lives such that no fuller on earth can bleach them you know he was he was like nothing on earth could be because our lives need to be like nothing on earth could be that's why he he came down to to earth so that we would become like him and there's nothing on earth that can make us like him other than him there's no fire hot enough to burn my wet wood than um than jesus you know there's nothing as great and glorious as majesty that could transform my life like him. And that's part of the Lenten journey too, is admitting that and being all in on Jesus and disconnecting from the creaturely pursuits of other fires. There's other fires in the forest, Paul. 
Mm. The fire of wealth, the fire of pleasure, the fire of uh, even, you know, like... I've started a forest fire. Have you really? Yeah. We'll get to that later. Why did you do that? It was not on purpose, Adam. Okay. So we'll just hold off on that. (laughs) So no questions there. Okay. And we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I wish people could see your face. Are you... Are you trying to bring joy into my Lent? Yes. Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> well, as people may not realize, I get to pick the music, and Paul doesn't know what's coming. I have no idea So what's I want coming. to throw this little ditty in there. Um, wow. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for being a part of our, our Lenten journey here. Um... I think you need to eat. I think you are delirious. <laughs> I'm having a good time, man. You know? I love Lent. You see? I'm That's like a circus it. song. Yeah. But it definitely is bringing joy to my Lent, so thanks for that and helping me find joy in my life, Adam. How can I do life without you? You know? You'd figure it out. Yep. <laughs> man. So welcome back. Thanks, everyone, for listening in on the radio, KLFT Radio here in Acadiana. Um, And on the podcast, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Even on the moon. Even on the moon, if you're listening. (laughs) That um, robot's listening right now. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the show. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, Wow. Um, Yeah, what a show. Ember, uh, I'm loving it. Okay. I'm going to look into it. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Jesus, how do you want to light a fire in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, so. Light it up. Light it up. And the transfiguration this Sunday, I think, is a good image for us of the light of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you brought up a great scripture of how Jesus says, I want to set the world on fire, Mm -hmm. you know, and how I wish it was a blazing, you know, I, I mean, with his love, with his Holy Spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm lacking in my life, right? More fire? Yeah. Can we ever have enough? No. Right? Apparently uh, apparently not. The Lord wants the whole thing to be on fire, so that's what he said. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway. Okay. So speaking of fires, do you have a six-pack of questions? <laughs> Question. I don't know how a that's... Fire. <laughs> Of questions, Adam? <laughs> I'm going to fire it at you. Yeah. Like you're firing <laughs> questions. Firing questions at you. You've never heard that saying? I get it now. Oh, yeah. Now I get it. But I mean, you looked at like... me like I was crazy. 
<laughs> I just didn't know what was I'm going gonna on. I'm going to fire some questions at you. All right, so question number one. Uh, I'm not letting you off the hook here. Tell me about the forest fire. What happened? Well, long story short, when I was uh, <clears throat> first youth minister in my early 20s, like mm-hmm. 21, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I took a some some I took some kids camping. We we did a camping trip. Okay. Some a guy camping trip. And some of the kids did a fire at the fire at our campsite and uh we left to go into town to go to mass and they didn't put it out all the way and it ended up blowing embers into the forest and starting a forest fire. Wow. Yep. I mean, already paid my fines and did all that, so don't like don't come after me, you know. You put it behind you. National Forest people. You have put it behind me. This was like a long time ago. <laughs> well, question number two, I mean, how many acres are we talking about? Maybe I don't know, a few hundred. You burned a few hundred acres. When of you wood? say you, it was more like a we. You plural? It was more like I was in charge, but I didn't So you plural burn. Burned- I got I got responsible for it and had Mm -hmm. to pay the fines and that was when I quit I quit that day. Wow, really? Oh yeah, I was done. Sounds uh, sounds tough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but then the 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 kids talked me into not quitting. That's what kept me going. How beautiful is that? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three. So we brought up uh, this robot on the moon which is neat. Yeah. Um, so let's say you were rounded up to go to the moon and get on that rocket. Um, what, like, would you be fired up? Like, the takeoff. Let's just start there. I know you've been on a plane a lot, um, so you may have some idea what takeoff might be, yeah. like a fraction of it. I hate it. What part would you hate of that moon trip the most, and what part would you love the most? Just the trip to the moon. Mm. It's a great question. Um, I don't know if I'd like any of it. I think I would just like to be there. Like, I'd like to experience what it's like to be on the moon, but I wouldn't want to travel there or back. Gotcha. So once we get teleportation down. Yeah. Like, just teleport me to the moon. That would be great. Okay. All right, question number three. Uh, So we talked about not liking Lent, and that's okay, which is awesome. Um, Tell me what you don't like the most about Lent? Well, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's, and when I say don't like, it's hard, it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think w- when we're uncomfortable, we become better. And those are, that's when we're at our best, when we're not just like stationary, when we're not, you know, apathetic or mediocre, like we're being pushed out of our comfort zones. Mm-hmm. So I think what I don't like about mm-hmm. Lent, which is exactly what I do like about Lent, is that it, Makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, pushes me out of my comfort zone. My guess is you're you're a big routine guy, as we all know. That like Lent <clears throat> just breaks all your routines. Like today's lunch. Like, like what the heck? I'm a very routine person. Yeah, but the other thing is is that I'm also a very in my routine. I'm pretty disciplined, mm-hmm. and so I kind of live a lot of Lent throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And so Lent for me is is like extra and I'm like don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I'm extremely ADD and all over the place at the same time, which is probably why I'm very scheduled and disciplined so that I don't like lose myself. Right. 
Where'd he go? I can't find him. That was also an Eminem song. Lose yourself in the music. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so impressed. Thanks, man. Yep. Question number four. So we, we talked about the uh, Ember Days, mm-hmm. which I don't know why I thought like Emerald. That's what I was thinking of. Green Emerald. Okay, I've been wondering the connection yeah. of how you were all up on evergreens and trees. Emerald. Emerald. But it's not that at all. It's not Emerald Days. It's Ember Days. Now, I wish it was Emerald, because if you found an Emerald, that'd be worth a lot of money. It would. You can last days. It'd be Emerald Days. Do you think an Emerald would melt in the fire? It'd have to be pretty hot. Okay. All right, so Ember Days... Um, and you had this image of like these little embers that could start a fire. Um, can you tell me some kind of like moment you've witnessed that reality of like God taking just a little bit of something, but starting a big flame? I know you've, look, you've done a lot in your life out there in the world uh, for the gospel. There's got to be some kind of like witness you can give to the fact that God really does use embers sometimes to start a big fire. You know, if it's just something he wants done, like a little mission you have to be devoted to, mm-hmm. or or in people's lives where like they only have so much they can give God, but if they can give that little bit, God's gonna do a lot with it. Give witness to that, Paul. Give me a good story. God doing a lot with just a little bit of fidelity. Well, I think it would be like something like your life and mine, just these little bitty lives and and you just like you really are just like this small ember. And if you just say, God, you know, use me in some way, shape, or form, like he does the work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I have no business speaking somewhere or writing books. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I have no, you know, I'm not a big fire. Like, I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you speak and do ministry and stuff, and you're just like, I'm just a humble little little guy. <laughs> How does God do stuff little guy. <laughs> through me when I am not really worthy? Right? Right? No, it's true. It's true. All right, question number five. Um, we talked about briefly about the transfiguration this coming Sunday, but uh, it's a pretty big mystery, this whole transfiguration thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question would be, <clears throat> what is... Let's say someone really needs to be changed this Lent. Like, there's some kind of habit they have that's ingrained. Maybe they've been fighting it for years. I don't know. But, like, we know that God wants to change our heart in a big way. Um, And maybe we're despairing about that. Like, we've tried to change, tried to change, tried to change, whatever. Um, It seems like the transfiguration is a mystery of hope that God can actually change people, right? Like, he, He is majestic enough and great enough to make a big impact in our life. Um, how do you how do you help people who need to change in a big way? Like, what 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 advice do you give them? Like, how do you how do you let God change you like that? Transfigure your heart like in a big way. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> like you, some somebody's just shackled by a mortal sin that's just like God. Yeah, you know, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about as you were talking is that an ember will go out unless it's surrounded by other embers, mm-hmm. right? And so I think we, we are at our best when, you know, my, my embers next to you and like we're, we align with other coals and that fire grows and we, 
we are heated up by the people around us and we heat each other up. And I think a lot of times when we're at our worst is when we're isolated or by ourselves, you know? And so if you're struggling and you are, whether it be with, with life, you know, sin, whatever it is, you know, it's, it, it would be to, to make a move to be around people who are glowing Mm -hmm. and, and those people will affect you in a positive way, you know? And I always say you lay with the dogs, you wake up with the fleas in a sense of like a lot of times when we're in a bad spot, we end up hanging out with people who are in in a bad spot too. Mm -hmm. And then that makes us worse. Yeah. All right. Question number six. Um, you said you live a pretty disciplined life year round. Um, and I don't say that in a braggadocious, I say that like that, that is a gift and a curse. And so at the same time, like when I'm praying for like joy, like I eliminate joy from my life a lot. <laughs> I do because I'm like so scheduled and disciplined that I don't allow freedom sometimes. So that's, that's like, that that's actually, just me being honest. No, that was actually my question was balancing discipline and joy. Cause you got to have both. Right. So, so Lent for me is like this double dose of discipline. And I'm just like, I have zero opportunity. I need to like find joy in Lent. Like that's my thing. So, mm. It is, uh, you know, we all have our things, man, Mm -hmm. you know? And so somebody would be like, well, I need more discipline. And I'm like, I know this sounds crazy, but I need less. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like how weird, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. And so I look at somebody who's like, I I need more discipline. I'm like, well, why don't you? And they're like, why don't you have less? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and then, and then like we work well together. I think that's, you know, like, you know, like in marriage, like how, you know, opposites attract or like you're. You know, if you and your wife were exactly the same human, it would just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Same personalities, same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's where, you know, my wife and I really complement each other in the way that, you know, <clears throat> her personality, the way she does life is really helps me in areas where I need to grow and vice versa, I, I would say, you know. Awesome. I mean, she's much better, better at it me. You know, at life, yeah, oh, way, okay. way better. That's fair. But what I've learned is like, let me just hitch my wagon to Wag- her wagon hitching and there just you go. let her drag me into heaven. Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. You, I mean, you get it. Oh, I totally get it. I mean, Ember me, Jesus, Ember me, just Jesus. bring me right on in there, man. Yeah, man. The two shall become one flesh, right? On their way to heaven. Yeah. That's it. So, That's it. thanks everyone for being a part of the show, listening in on the radio and the podcast. Super grateful for you. And we'll be back next week. Have a great Lent. God bless.